Welcome to Heart Talk. I'm your host, writer, educator, and creator, Tracy Michelle. Last month, I participated in a 30-day writing challenge. Each day, we received a prompt that was designed to challenge us to dig a little bit deeper into our own journeys through journaling. On one particular day, the prompt asked us, what in your deepest core, in your most vulnerable moment, do you want? And I found that to be an interesting question. Because I think I've always focused on what I don't want. I'd have a bad experience and say, yep, that's not for me. But to articulate what I do want is a bigger challenge for me. Mostly because it shines a light on what I don't have or what I may not be able to acquire. There's a real fear that if I actually say what I really want, that somehow all the devils and evil imps of the universe will swoop down and make my life a living hell trying to prevent me from having it. So leaving my desires unsaid means that I might have a chance of actually seeing them happen, which of course, like the commercial says, is not how any of this works. I talk a lot about giving our stories air. I believe that. I talk about the healing power of story. But I recently realized that sometimes I simply recount events, things that happen, maybe even the lessons learned. I mean, I'm a writer and storyteller, so I can do it pretty well. I can make it sound really good, like you're really getting something. But in truth, I'm simply giving you a skeleton of what's really going on. I don't actually get down to the nitty gritty of what I truly desire for my life. And even now, as I'm saying this to you, I feel like I'm avoiding the question. What does Tracy want? Well, I want to be well. I want to feel good in my body. I want the tension of past traumas and present recoveries to go away. I want to embrace relaxation. I want peace. I want anxiety to leave me for good. And if I'm honest, I want to be seen. I want to be known. I want my work to move people and to make them say, wow, that changed me. It's not great that I've attached my worth to that, but... That's what therapy is for. (laughs) I want my daughter to be better than me. I want her to be free and creative and to live to see her freedom and creativity flourish in the world. I want to be loved. I want to be able to feel and process what I get from those who say they love me. I want to hope again. I want to be an optimist again. I want to forgive, truly forgive, 
to let go of the pain of the past and to release those things that have hurt me to their God and their retribution or redemption, whichever comes first. I want the pit in my stomach that forms every time I think about forgiveness to go away. I want whatever is attached to that, the feelings of inadequacy, uh, to no longer be part of my narrative. I want to truly embrace joy in all the ways it shows up and to recognize it when it does. I want to live a long life. I don't want to fear death anymore. Now, saying these things, not just out loud, but on this podcast is mad scary, (laughs) y'all. But if I'm going to scream from the rooftops that we must give our stories air, then I really got to do the same. I mean, I truly believe that that's the starting point, especially if we are in the middle of a pivot. We might find ourselves shifting and changing, maybe careers, maybe relationships, whatever it is. And being able to articulate what we want, I think, is truly a first step. No one knows that more than Stephanie Malson. She's our guest today. Now, Stephanie transitioned from corporate into full-time creative work back in 2018. And in our conversation, she was extremely candid about the ebbs and flows of that journey. As a writer, cinematographer, and producer with over 16 years experience in communications and corporate digital media development, she has created all kinds of video photographic content. Um, she's worked with the Debbie Allen Dance Company, um, Ava DuVernay's Array, and Metabook, in addition to many other projects. In 2019, She was the cinematographer for We Are Free Because of Harriet Tubman, a short experimental film directed by Nadine Patterson and produced by the great Sonia Sanchez. Um, That film premiered in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh and screened in several theaters um, right in front of the feature film Harriet. Stephanie is the co-producer and co-cinematographer for the feature-length documentary on New Orleans-based Haitian painter Ulrich Jean-Pierre. She began her career in Philadelphia with the health insurer Independence Blue Cross and left there in 2018 again to pursue her creative work full-time. She also began to work as an adjunct professor at Temple University teaching screenwriting. She currently has a short film project, Slow Burn, which was recently awarded the planning grant from the Philadelphia Independent Media Fund administered by Scribe Video Center. And she holds an MFA in creative writing from Rosemont College. Um, Stephanie, I met her through Array a couple of years ago, um, and we've always connected and had really great creative conversations. So I don't think that this will be any different. Let's dig in. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm great. Uh, <laughs> I'm, glad, 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you are on the podcast. I've been wanting you to get on the podcast. And so you are here and I am so grateful. And of course, um, I got to open up the way we always do here at Heart Talk. And that is, um, how's your heart today? Um, I think that my heart is feeling at peace. And the other uh, word that comes to mind or has been coming to mind is aligned. Mm. Um, so for me, uh, those two things are super important at this time. Um, I'm just trying to get like back on track with myself and also with the creative things that I've been that I've committed myself to. And so I need to have that feeling of peace. What's giving me peace is really um, taking moments in the day just to be still. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, that's not a practice that I've had. Mm. Um, I've always, yeah, I would say I, I've been connected spiritually, but not as much as I have been in these last probably six months of my mm. life. And I'm, you know, of a certain age. So it's been a long time where I've ever felt, you know, just kind of like in practice or, or have like some type of a, um, just straight up just a connection with God that I've never had before. So this sense of peace that I have is from both the rest that I've given myself taking time to watch the, the trees in my window blow mm. as the wind is blowing watch the sunset, you know, around five, six, seven, or eight. That's peace for me. Um, taking time to like write and journal, um, kind of getting back into practice with that is peace for me. But the alignment part is really um, being recommitted to the focus that I had at the beginning of the year, towards the end of the year of 2019 into 2020. My focus was so um, deliberate and determined and so i guess in the last couple of weeks i've just been really um trying to practice alignment and just making sure that all of my choices and decisions are on the path that i have um by the grace of god set for myself mm. and so those are the two things if, if you know in terms of like where's my heart my heart my heart is is um, aligned and it is feeling a sense of peace even in the time of chaos mm. and that's huge I, I, I love that so much because I mean we are in a very uncertain season I think outside of us right like COVID-19 you know the violence that we're seeing um, you know and it could be very easy I think for us to feed into you know that chaos, as you say. Um, so to be at peace, to have a sense of alignment um, is number one, amazing. <laughs> um, but also I think how you kind of talked about what that looks like for you, right? Like you said, you know, just noticing the trees, noticing, you know, the, the sound or the sunset or the sound of the birds or whatever it is. Um, and I, I, I love that because my next question was going to be about you leaving your corporate nine to five and deciding to kind of take that leap and to pursue your passions of filmmaking and photography. So much of what we've been talking about um, 
this season has been about the pivot, right? Mm -hmm. And just taking those leaps of faith. And I wonder if there's, there's a connection or some kind of intersection between being still long enough to notice what's going on around you um, and the fact that you're often not able to do that when you're hustle and bustle, nine to five, I got to go to work, I got to do that. Um, so I'd love for you to just talk to our audience and to me about um, kind of what drove your decision to take that leap of faith um, where you are with it now and kind of what that means, especially now in the time of COVID or, you know, in this time where things can be a little bit chaotic. Um, there's so much in what you just asked. <laughs> I don't feel like, I feel like, um, I don't know if the best, the best, uh, way to kind of talk about that is to start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will start with this where I am now is where I had imagined myself, I'll say 10 years ago. Hmm. Wow. Or maybe it's been longer than that. So when I graduated from, from college, when I graduated from college in 20, um, I think two, it was 2001 when I graduated from college, from undergrad. And I'm gonna just tell this quick story. Sure. My first experience with um, finding employment at that time was through an internship. So I was still in school. I was probably a senior um, preparing to graduate, but I had to, had to do an internship um, as a course for the semester. And a friend of the family got me an interview with this job. Um, so my first experience with the world that I left ultimately was I was in this interview with HR. The interview went well. I was suited up. I'm young. I'm fresh. I'm excited. I'm engaged. All of those things. It was a black woman inter interviewing me. Um, and at the end of the interview, I didn't realize that I had, I knew I had gum in my mouth. But I didn't realize <laughs> that she saw it. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is like this is like let's say if I graduated in two thousand one, this is like maybe two thousand, right? In okay. terms of the time frame. Right. But this was a corporate place. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was like nineteen fifty corporate, <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of corporate. Gotcha. So anyway, we're at the end of the interview. The interview goes well. The lady says to me, next time you interview, make sure you don't have gum in your mouth. Wow. And I said, like, it, I remember this to this day. I said to myself, like, I wasn't even chewing the gum. It wasn't like I was, you know, popping gum and <laughs> having a conversation with her. I probably was in a situation where I didn't remember to take it out, blah, blah, blah. Right. So anyway, I get on the elevator after the interview's over, I'm on my way down to meet my mom in the, in the car. She's waiting outside for me. Mm -hmm. In that elevator, till this day, I remember feeling, hearing all of this. This is not what I want. This is not the place for me. Mm -hmm. I remember that to this day. Wow. Right? It wasn't so much about being corrected, but it was the environment 
that mm-hmm. I felt in that moment, this is not for me. I get down to the car, I get in the car, and I break out in tears. Wow. I mean, I cried so hard in that car that my mom was like, what happened? Like, you know, she was like, what, what went on? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> It was so, I cried so hard in that car that she took me out to lunch. (laughs) Like (laughs) she was trying to figure out a way to make me feel better. And I just, I think I remember saying it to her at that time, like, I don't want to do this. Mm. But I overrode that feeling. I ended up getting the internship Mm. and I ended up working at that company for 16 years. Wow. But I will tell you that I fully remember the feeling of no at that time for myself. And I ignored it and I should have listened. I should have listened to it, Mm. right? But I was afraid. Mm -hmm. I needed this structure. I needed this job, all of these things, whatever. But I believe that that was the first time that I knew what I wanted for myself. Mm. And I didn't know how to get it. Mm. So when did I decide to take a leap? The, the, the decision started then. Right. And literally from that day on, up until I left the employer, um, I've been always thinking about leaving. I've been always thinking, I have always been thinking about what, you know, like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do next? Wishing, hoping, praying, you know, going to work, crying, like, yeah. I don't want to do this. I want something else. I want something else. I want some, I want freedom, 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 all of those things. I'm, I promise you from that day up until the day that I left, that was the conversation that I constantly had, had with myself. It wasn't maybe until the fifth, I would say maybe five years before I actually left that employer, um, that I really started to like figure out a way. Wow. And maybe two years after, before I left that employer, um, I started working on a plan to leave. Mm. (laughs) Um, but I can explain like how, you know, how I ended up leaving, but that's, that's, I say all, I say all of that to say, um, my desire had always been to have freedom and to be independent and to be, um, creative. Mm. And it took me a really, really long time to choose that for myself. Mm. And so Mm. the leap for me was that choice alone. There was nothing else tied, um, in that leap, there was nothing else tied to it. The leap was all about freedom. Mm. You know what? I, I love that you frame it that way. And the reason why I say that is because there are people who are sitting in jobs, right? And they've, they've always, I think a lot of people think that when someone steps out on faith or takes a leap or pivots, that it's just some magical thing that just happens in a moment. And it's like, ding, I gotta go. But I think you always know. I think that, you know, you know, from the very beginning, I I mean, I, even in my own experience, you know, in the late nineties, going into corporate, same thing. There was something that just did not sit right in my spirit about 
this place. It's for some people. Some people mm -hmm. love it. They thrive in it. They, you know, for whatever reason, they, that is their thing. But for me, working for like these Fortune 500 companies, and I was just always on the edge or outside or felt a little different. Um, but it took some time for me to say, okay, I got to let this go because yeah. this is not serving me. Um, and so I think there are a lot of people who, you know, are questioning themselves, right? And I think it, it just, so what was it? So what was the, you said two years before you actually left, you began to put your plan in place. What in you said, you know what? The time is now, I gotta do it. So I had been having conversations with a family member of mine. This is my cousin, he's an older cousin. Um, and we talked a lot about real estate. We started talking about real estate in 2011 and it was around a time where my aunt passed with my aunt was sick. She, she ended up um, ultimately passing away. And after that, him and I just talked a lot about being um, working for yourself. We talked about owning real estate, investing in real estate, how to do it. Um, how to take what you basically, how to take basically what you work for via your job financially, right? Mm -hmm. And to turn that into something that finances, turn those into something that you can um, kind of build an independent career with. Mm -hmm. So I'm working my nine to five. My job was creative to a certain degree. It was technical and creative. I wasn't 100% um, happy and satisfied with it, but I did it. I also had at the time kind of, um, I was doing some freelance video work too. So there were a couple of things that were happening at the same time. And then he comes along with this conversation about being your own boss, right? Mm. And I see him being his own boss. And I see him, um, I see the sense of freedom that he has. Mm -hmm. So my cousin, he owns a real estate company. He's very engaged in his company. But what I saw in him was somebody that managed his own time. Mm. He had to me the kind of freedom that I longed for, where I wasn't tied to a desk, number one. And number two, I could manage my day. I could create my day. I could be um, creative for the first five hours and float around and do whatever I want after that. I didn't understand that there was work behind that too. Mm. All I kind of saw was, you know, right. this guy that's just popping everywhere, right? <laughs> he doesn't, he's not really pinned down. But I set for, for myself, I realized like that was possible. Mm. So for me, he was the example. Okay. He was the one that showed me like, what you want is possible. And here's kind of like how or what you would have to do to kind of move towards it, right? Mm -hmm. um, am I necessarily interested in being like a real estate mogul? No. Mm -hmm. Am I more interested in commanding my life? Yes. Mm -hmm. And if that's the avenue that I'm able to do that, that's the direction I'm headed in, right? So in terms of like what made me decide to take, a, take the leap, 
the thread was having these conversations and we would talk like every morning, mm. 4 a.m., 5 a.m., on my way to work. Like he's breaking down his process to me, but I'm also kind of deciphering where to find freedom in that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, a, I mean, honestly, like those conversations just flipped the way that I viewed working in general. Mm-hmm. At this point, working to me is not about money and it's not about where I am. It's really about what I want to kind of, where I want to drive my energy. Mm. It is not tied to uh, an office. It doesn't have to be tied to how much money I'm making. None of those things matter at this point to me. What matters more is what I'm doing with my time. Mm. And if it's not effective, it's, if it's not advancing whatever goals that I set for myself, then it's not worth it, right? Absolutely. That's the things that I'm learning from him. Meanwhile, I'm clocking in at this job, right? <laughs> it's becoming less and less creative. It's becoming more and more draining. Um, it's becoming more and more intense, right? And so now what's happening is, is impacting my mental health. Mm. It probably had already been in, impacting my mental health, but I think the more you feel kind of like you're ready for something to, you're ready to fall away from something, the worse it kind of gets physically or whatever. So um, I was saying that from like 2011 up until 20, I'll start again. I'll say from, from 2011 up until 2018, that's kind of like the experience that I had. I saw independence in multiple ways and I saw the challenge with the structure of a nine to five job too. Mm -hmm. And so that decision for me was really like, Stephanie, what do you want for your life? Mm. You are in control of, of, of the direction of your life. You are choosing to take control of the direction of your life. Mm. It's no longer a passive thing passive in my life was I get a promotion periodically I get a little bit more money periodically sometimes I'll get things at work that would challenge me sometimes I wouldn't sometimes I would have like situations where I'm being challenged you know personally or um having challenging management like those things happened in my um corporate career Mm-hmm. But none of it made me want to stay. <laughs> none of it made me none, none of it made me excited to return and get up the next morning. Right. Um, but all, all of that to say, like all of those things, I feel like were just a reminder to me to listen to my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know like, you know how you read like those self-help self-help books or for the longest time, I was reading like old magazine right, <laughs> articles right. about women take le- taking leaps and things like that. Right. And you you see women do that, and typically it is um, not women of color, but right. you see women do that, and they have like these fabulous jobs that they have that they're that they are leaving with some type of wealth. Right. Right. <laughs> in the bank. It's a privilege jump. (laughs) Exactly. It's a privilege (laughs) jump. (laughs) And they land on to the next thing, right? Right, right. But I don't think that's what I wanted for myself. Mm. 
Mm. And honestly, I did not know what the leap was going to look like. Mm. And looking back, I had no clue. (laughs) (laughs) All I knew was I needed to go. Right. And that was motivation enough. And this is how it aligned. Um, In 2017, at my job, my old job, we always would hear rumors about change. Mm. It's constant. It's a corporate environment, always an influx. Every time there was a layoff, it never hit me. Every time there was an organizational change, it never hit me, right? Mm. But this time, the rumor was um, they are going to offer packages to people with a certain amount of time. Mm. When I heard that, I was like, bingo. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all gonna pay me to leave? It's not going to get any sweeter than this, right? Right, right. Um, I prayed about it. And when it started to become less of a rumor and more of a reality, I'll be honest with you, when we got the letter, the email saying to us that this is what we're offering people, and you'll find out if you are on this offering list, Mm -hmm. when I got that email, my immediate thought was, I'm gone. Mm. In 2017, my job wasn't bad. I was in a cool department. I loved my manager. I had a great team. I was doing creative stuff. I also had my side stuff that was growing and kind of expanding. So I was fulfilled at that point. But I knew that I only had one chance. If Mm. I didn't leave then, I wasn't going to leave. And wow. that was the, that was all the answer that I needed. So the alignment that I'm talking about is I definitely believe that God heard my prayers right. all those years. And it took from 20, 2000, it took from 2001 to 2017 for that prayer to be answered. Wow. And it was Tracy you know, when you pray for something and nobody, like you don't tell anybody else. Right. And sometimes you don't even believe that the prayer is going to be answered. Right. But you do it anyway. Right. God, I wish I had this. Mm -hmm. God, I'm praying for this. Right. I was doing that all the time, whether it was verbal or whether it was me at my, my office desk, writing a screenplay while I'm working. Right. Whether it's me working on my thesis while I'm working, you know, that's, those are prayers, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm trying to like drive toward what I really want or whatever. Um, I believe that God created the opportunity for me to get a package to, to leave my job. Wow. That's, that is my full belief. Till this day, I get questions like, do you wish you had a stayed? To this day, I say no. No. <laughs> and, and, and let me just say this. I don't say no with like, well, no. Mm-hmm. It's a firm no. Even with all of the craziness that happened subsequently for me, right? right. But the firm no for me is firm because I left for myself. I didn't leave for a creative 
opportunity. Right. I didn't leave to be a filmmaker. I didn't leave to um, find another job <laughs> doing right. the same thing. I didn't leave to whatever it is. It was none of those things. It was solely because Stephanie needed this. Stephanie needed this moment and she needed this change at this time in her life. Wow. And it literally has been the best decision that I could ever make. And I'm saying that not as like, hey, y'all, you ready to leap? Go leap. Right. No. I'm saying it as I chose myself for myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'm still learning. Like, I'm still learning. Like, I'm still trying to choose myself. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's to say that sometimes, like, you get at that crossroad in your life where you either going to push yourself off mm-hmm. or you're not. Right. You're going to play or you're not one or the other and i think it is a choice um but i think you have to be in tune with yourself enough to know what you want and to trust whatever that is wow you know it's it's what's powerful about what you're saying right now is that um just blows my mind because so many times we leave for a thing right or or for some opportunity, right? And I mean, you, this is new information, you know, and I know you, I thought, okay, she's leaving because she wants to pursue filmmaking and she wants to be a photographer. And she, and by the way, audience, she's an amazing photographer and an amazing, you know, filmmaker. Um, So I'm thinking that's why you left. Like, like a lot of us do, we're going to leap and we're going to pursue our dreams and our passions. But what's so incredibly powerful is that, no, you didn't do that. Like those things will be byproducts of you having the time for yourself, I think. Right. Yes. But they want, they weren't your reason for leaving. Your reason for leaving was for you and for what, how you envisioned your free life, right? Like the life that you wanted it to be. And that I think is a critical thing for anybody out there who is thinking about like, what is your motivation, right? Because if you leave for an opportunity and that opportunity leaves, you're, you're going to be inclined to say, oh, I shouldn't have left, or I'm going to go back or, but if you're leaving because it is the best thing for you to do for the things, for how you envision your life and what you want for yourself, that to me is what's going to hold you no matter what happens after the fact, no matter what happens after. One of the words that for, for, I would say probably six years leading up to me leaving was intention. Hmm. That word always came up and it came up especially because I don't know if you, if you've seen this, you probably have seen this video, um, but it's Ava DuVernay um, giving a talk I think it was South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not, I have to, I'm not totally sure if it was the South by Southwest conversation, but it was whichever one it was, it was one um, that she talked a lot about intention. And I would be at my desk at work playing that video over and over and over again. Because one thing she says is, 
you have to give your attention, attention to your intention, right? Mm. It's really being clear on the why for yourself. Mm. And I had to, I had to work through that. Yeah, the why could have been this fabulous idea that I'm going to be a filmmaker, right? The why could have been this fabulous idea that I'm going to have all this free time (laughs) and I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. Right. But I don't think, I think for me, I'm, I'm somewhat of a lot, mostly a logical person. (laughs) Um, So I had to have not just my why, but like, and what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So being clear on my intention on the why as to why I'm making this choice was super important in part, which I don't feel this way so much now, but at that time, that decision didn't just impact me. Hmm. I'm single. I don't have any children. So yeah, in theory, it's just about me. Right. But it affected my parents it affected, you know, my, my sibling, my brother, it affected, you know, my family and the way that they saw me, all of those things matter to me. And, and so it wasn't a decision that I took lightly Hmm. at my age. And even I think generally, generationally in a time that we were born and raised, like our, our generation, in some ways, you know, people that were born maybe in like the late 70s, early 80s, at this age that we are now, we are kind of like the anchors for our family, right? Yes, yes, for sure. So I didn't realize it, but that's kind of what I had become <laughs> in my <laughs> family, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to work. I'm just trying to be creative on the side. I'm not paying attention to how tied I am to other people, like to my relatives and and it didn't really show up until I'm making this decision because mm. now this decision isn't just about me right. now this is about you know what will other people think about me mm-hmm. how will you know how will this be perceived will it look like I'm you know being um will it look like I'm weak will it look like I'm sacrificing this amazing thing to do what you know those questions come up um, or they definitely did come up. And I think that's the part that I wasn't prepared for among mm-hmm. other things, just, um, not being prepared for like the emotional part of leaving something that you've been a part of for so long. That was super hard. Mm. Um, but also I had to work through how I perceived myself and how other people, how I thought other people perceived me. In some ways, I'm still working through that. Right. Because, you know, you, when I left my job, I was literally at the quote unquote peak of my career, if that's what you want to call it. Right. Right. Financially, I was at the top. Mm -hmm. Um, Educationally, I had kind of reached the top and, you know, it, I guess professionally, I was kind of headed in that direction. So to leave something like that with no plan, because I didn't have a plan, Tracy. <laughs> there was, the only plan was to leave. Was to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, 
the blessing was I was able to leave with a package, which which bought me time to figure it out. But um, even with that, uh, it was a little, like it was a literal leap. The analogy that I equate that time to, and it still applies now, is learning how to swim. Hmm. I can't swim. I took swimming lessons two times. And (laughs) it was only in the second time that I reached kind of like close to learning how to swim, (laughs) right? But when I was taking those classes, it was such an amazing metaphor for my life at the time. Mm-hmm. By the time I took those classes, I was gone. I left my old job. So I was out there floating, right? Mm-hmm. And the word uncertainty, I have lived with that word for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> From 2018 to 2020, I have lived in uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if honestly I would have. I don't know if I would have found grounding in the way that I choose in the way that I chose to leave. Hmm. I'm not really sure about that, but the the swimming analogy for me is a big thing because when you're learning how to swim, you have to learn how to let go. Mm-hmm. I don't do that well, apparently. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I've never cried as much as I have in these last two years in my life, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's age, hormones, whatever it is. (laughs) I will cry like, and I think in part, like I was trying to work my way through this new thing. Right. And it was really hard. Um, And I think it was really hard, but it was really beautiful at the same time, it's weird. But the swimming thing, um, floating, kicking, breathing. Mm Mm-hmm. For 2018, that was my mantra. That's all I had. That's all I could focus on. I can't hold on to anything as I'm learning how to swim. When I took this leap, I had nothing to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had the severance package, right? Right. And the severance package was sweet. But Mm -hmm. here's the problem, what they don't tell you about the severance (laughs) package you still got to pay your bills. <laughs> so, <How> about that? <laughs> there's no like uh, thousands of dollars that you put into account and right. into an account. You know, th- this, the train isn't stopping when you leave this place. Exactly. So I left with a severance. The severance lasted me for a year, uh, roughly. And I, I floated, I kicked and I breathed for that year. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I did for myself in that year was to make sure I saved as much as I could because I knew that that severance was going to end. And I also knew in my heart that I didn't want to fall back into the same kind of job that I had. Right. So I wasn't even going, I'm saying this publicly, but I wasn't even looking for a corporate job. Right. I was looking for a corporate job because that's the thing that you do when people's on your back saying like, you're going right. to find a job. Right, right. I was doing that. But realistically, in my heart, I know that that's not what I want for myself. Right. So not even trying. I mean, trying, but not trying. Right. Right. Um, but that's to say, like, 
I needed to learn how to float on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's the lesson for me for that that first year. Um, <laughs> that's what God was teaching me 100%. Wow. And the other thing that I'll say is, if if I didn't know how to trust God before my life, I have no choice. (laughs) I had no choice but to trust him now. You know what I mean? Because there's been, there's been a lot. There's been dark days. There's been amazing days. There's been amazing experiences. I, I didn't so much, I hoped that my creative career um would be the thing to sustain me but honestly in 2018 when I left it didn't I didn't have as much freelance work I had hardly any freelance work that year it turned up in 2019 I got way more freelance jobs in 2019 um but yeah that's just to say like I had to learn how to trust God. I had to learn how to float and not be so tied to the anchor. The anchor is returning to what I know, right? right. The familiar. Yeah. Absolutely. And I right. just one, um, one job related thing tied to that. In 2018, uh, probably towards the end of the year, I started applying for jobs and an amazing thing happened. I got a job offer. (laughs) It was doing the same job that I was doing in my previous job, but it was a little bit better. I think I was going to be managing like a studio with equipment and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And everything that they tried to offer me, I kept saying no to. Wow. (laughs) They tried to move me out to the job. Like wow. to the location because it was far away from home. They tried to move me out there. They tried to give me money to move out there. Mm. They kept giving me so many offers. And every one of them, I was like, no, nope. Hmm. And logically, it's like, hey, you're going to need this, right? right? Why would you turn this down? But again, this is the first time in my life that I feel like I I have made a choice for myself and so every time I would turn something down I'm reminding myself like I'm choosing me I'm choosing me I'm choosing Mm -hmm. me I'm choosing me that's super important for me and it is the thing that guides me at this point that's nothing nothing that I'm I'm not chasing after anything because I don't have to Mm -hmm. and I'm saying that with confidence because I know that God's got my back And I'm not that person, like, I'm not the kind of person that is like, Jesus freak, you know, like, (laughs) Jesus, everything. I'm not that kind of person. But on them dark days, when I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know what decision to make, and my bank account's looking like change, (laughs) not dollars. (laughs) Right, right. That's where I feel like God has built my confidence in him and in myself. Yes. Um, the swimming analogy still applies. I'm still floating. I'm still kicking. I'm still breathing. And the floating is really resting in God. 
Mm -hmm. The floating is really resting in the fact that I don't need to know. (laughs) I don't need to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't need to know how this path is unfolding. What I will say is everything that I'm supposed to do shows up. Mm. That's it. That's all I need to know. All the things that I'm supposed to be doing shows up. The opportunities show up. The connections show up. The resources, financial show up. Even the conversations show up that, right. that reaffirm that I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. That's, that's all I got. That right there, that's a whole word. And I'm going to tell you why, because I have my own swimming story. So that <laughs> resonates with me. Like I took, I took swimming lessons like, I think I was like 38. Like I was way older than most That's people. me. I was way <laughs> <You know>? older. <laughs> and, but I, I felt like it was like, like going to swim class felt like going to church because I get like a, a whole word about my whole life in that lesson. And like you said, this idea of letting go, this idea of trusting, I mean, cause that's what it is. It's like, you know, when I lay on my back, they're trying to teach us how to lay, float on our back. And I would be like, try to, try to move and try to control. And it's just like, could you just, just, just relax. Just Tracy, I failed that lesson. That was the lesson that stopped me in the first class. (laughs) I can't do that. Well, I struggled and I struggled and what I had to like wrap my mind and even to this day, like I have to like, I have a whole process that I have to go through in my mind just to get myself to relax, to trust that, that what I have. And I think that's really the word here is like that trust that everything that I have to float, I have, you know, like that. And all I have to do is let go of my control um, and to choose to trust and to trust God that I'm going to be all right, that I'm going to be able to sit on top of this water, sit on top of this very uncertain, floaty kind of situation and still be okay. And I think, you know, honestly, there's like, there's power in choosing ourselves. There's power, power in trusting our lives and to be present in this moment and not necessarily worry about the next moment or the next moment or the next one and trusting that those things, like you said, all those things will show up for you. Um, And the interesting thing about it is that when we think about story and I always got to bring it back to this because that's what, that's what we talk about here. When you think about story, when you think about you even sharing this, on this podcast, sharing your journey on this podcast, there's always, I feel like, a a connection to our healing journeys, right? Like, so whatever whatever's going on outside, like you leaving the job or you saying, no, I'm going to do this for me, there's something that's happening simultaneously inside of you, right? That's changing you, that's refining you, that's, you know, that's building your character to be, to for whatever you need to do in the future. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk about, you know, how this leap of yours, right, impacted your own personal healing? I don't know if I have really the answer to that yet. Okay. I feel like I'm still working through that. Mm. Um, the word that came to mind is that's the work. Mm. That has been the work. The work has not been finding a job. The work has not been um, aligning with the right opportunity. 
the work hasn't been finishing scripts and getting grants, right? Um, the work for me has really been figuring out who I am, what do I want, what am I willing to say yes to in my life for myself, um, and also kind of dealing with whatever the challenges are that pop up. Mm. So I know for sure in this season of my life that the previous season, I was under a lot of suppression Mm. because a lot of what's been bubbling up for me now, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? Where did that come from? Right. Yeah. What, it's, this is constant. Why do I have this need to want to connect? Mm. Why do I have this need to um, cry all the time? Right. Like that sounds sad, but it's really releasing. Yeah, it is. Um, I have, I have this thought. It's in therapy they call it like automatic thoughts or whatever. But it's this, it's this constant thing that comes off, comes up for me, which is like, am I good enough? Mm. Or the feeling of I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, there has been so many things that have happened since I left that old job that have shown up to either remind me of that thought or to challenge me about that thought. Mm. And it has happened in, an extraordin- in, in extraordinary ways, in unexpected ways, right? It's not like some negative thing, but no, it's really like small example. Um, I worked on uh, a short film with a filmmaker from Philly named Nadine Patterson, and it was a um, it was a piece around Harriet Tubman. We worked on it probably for two years. I did cinematography work on it, um, but last year, towards the end of last year. She was able to get this film, once she finished it, into a theater in Pittsburgh. Wow. That film screened before the Harriet Tubman movie for a whole week. Wow. But here's the thing. What questions do you think came up for me? Because I'm not like the, I was never fully a creative person. I was always a part-time creative, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Now Stephanie is a full-time creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that's the lens I want to choose for this day, right? Right. What do you think I'm thinking about seeing this film on the big screen and all of these things that kind of came, came with that particular opportunity? Do you think I felt great about it? Do you think I felt like super excited about it? Like what, what do you think, what would you think I was thinking? Uh, To be honest, I can only say what I would be thinking. And I think you and I are similar in in personality um, because I struggle with that enoughness too. So if I was sitting there, I would be, instead of like reveling in the moment and being happy and ex- I would probably be filled with anxiety about what people are thinking about or, you know or who's critiquing what or what they're saying about it I'd be so wrapped up in my mind with all of the potential for negative feedback that I would miss the opportunity to sit there and actually just 
sit in the joy of the moment that, yo, this thing is like playing before Harriet. Like, this is amazing, right? So that's me. I don't know if that's yeah. you. So here's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing that bubbled up for me, mm. right? I'm not no uh, award-winning cinematographer. This isn't as good as this. Mm. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think comparison, comparison, Mm -hmm. this imposter syndrome thing, Mm -hmm. all of those things kind of show up, but that's the lesson. These are the lessons that I need to learn right now. Right. Because it is not so much about preparation for the future. It's about healing those things on the inside. And that's why I say this, this time was about me. It wasn't about this creative. It wasn't about these opportunities, blah, blah, blah. Those are icings, right? That's cake. Right. Like, that's the beauty, right? But really, my, my, my long-term goal and journey is to get to not just a better Stephanie, but a more evolved Stephanie, a more spiritually in tune Stephanie. That's super important for me. Like, that's the journey that I really want for myself. Mm. All of the other things that happen around that, whether it's making a film, which, which is my desire, which is my goal, yeah. that's just gravy. That's just right. the joy. That's just the beauty. That's just being able to express myself and hopefully, like, convey the things that I've seen and learned in, in these times, like, create or whatever. But I think to answer your question um, better is to say that this, the inward process of kind of learning myself, learning my wants, my needs, and my desires, being able to clearly like articulate that to myself and also healing the parts in me that need that healing or resurrection. I can't tell you totally what those things are. I just know that that's the work. Mm -hmm. The work hasn't been so much an outward experience. It's definitely been an internal internal experience. And partly, um, like I said previously, it's also been about building a relationship with God. Yeah. For me, that's just been super important and super like kind of like at the forefront of this whole thing. Um, I don't know. It's been for me, that's been more important than anything else that I've experienced. It's been more important than anything else that I've kind of learned or adapted to. Um, I could, t- I could talk to you about like the financial part, which is a heavy thing for me. Yeah. I'm going from making, <laughs> I've had people kind of restate the amount that I used to make to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, right. you used to make that much and it wasn't <laughs> right. even like no six figure number. Right, it's like right, right. not a six figure number, but I had to learn how to let go of that. Mm. as a thing and to be okay with just God providing period wow and it doesn't matter what it looks like if I had if you asked me like well what's the thing you want to (laughs) leave this conversation with 
or you want to tell the people, that's the one thing I think is super important in terms of financial, taking leaps in finances. The money doesn't matter. Disassociate your relationship with money. Money will show up. (laughs) It will show up in ways that you won't believe. If I told you more recently what happened to me, you'd be surprised. (laughs) But even, um, even after the severance ended, I was like, what am I going to do? Where's the money going to come from? I had saved money. So I had a little cushion that I could live off of because I had no job, no, uh, this, this freelance work is not paying me like real freelance money. It's paying me like partial or less than freelance money. Right, right. So that wasn't the thing that I was like leaning on, but I promise you that the opportunities would show up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First thing, this is, um, I'm just going to share this and this is not something that I've, I don't talk publicly, so it's not something that I've told like the world. But um, I had, when I left, before I left my previous employer, I had one opportunity that I wanted more than anything. And it was to get hired on a film set project. Mm. I had one project in mind. Okay, I knew this filmmaker was making film in this particular city that was not far away Mm -hmm. and so I was going to find a way I sent the text not a text I'm sorry I sent a message to the filmmaker and I said I'm taking this leap I want to work on your film set I'm paraphrasing no I got you the message was a little bit more deep (laughs) but that's basically what I said the person messaged me back and said Send me your resume. Nice. This was, let's say, May 2018. Um, I sent my resume. Didn't hear anything. Crickets. Nothing, right? (laughs) May turns into June. June turns into July. I send a message back. I sent you my resume. Just checking in, right? Right, right. (laughs) Person says, okay, um, somebody will be in contact. Okay. I get a phone call random day and this is the person's assistant. We got your resume. We're checking it out. We'll be in touch. Bet. It's it's gonna, it's happening. Like I'm so close, right? <laughs> crickets. <laughs> wow. And I mean cricket crickets. By then <laughs> I'm like, this is not gonna happen. It's, right. it's, nothing's gonna happen. I'm not the, the production is about to start up. Ain't nothing happening, right? Right. So in the meantime, a friend of mine contacts me and says, I'm leaving um, my teaching job at Temple and I wanted to give them a replacement. Would you be interested in teaching a course? I'm like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I would I want to do that. Now, mind (laughs) you, Tracy, I have always wanted to teach. Mm. When I was in undergrad, my initial, um, when I was in undergrad, I started at Westchester University. I went to school initially to be a teacher, okay? Ended up graduating with with an English degree, nixed the teaching thing, I'm going to work, 
That's mm-hmm. what I did. That's literally what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Graduated, went to work. But I always had this desire to teach, and I always wanted to teach on the college level. So now here I have a teaching opportunity that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, and this one big opportunity to work on a film set, which in theory could have been the thing that maybe propelled me into filmmaking for real, for real, right? Right, right. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to make a choice. Do I have to make a choice? I don't know if I'm going to have to make a choice, right? Mm -hmm. So I turned the temple job down. Mm. That's not going to block my blood. (laughs) That wasn't going to block my blood. (laughs) Right. I was was not letting that temple job block my blessing, right? I know, that's right. Mm -hmm. I turned it down, and and let me just say this: that temple, they they were hiring me on the spot, literally. Wow. When I had a phone interview, I basically got the job to teach. Wow. But I turned it down. I think it was teaching two classes. But anyway, um, I'm still waiting for this call though. The temple job contacts me again. This is like a month later, and they say. We still have this course available. We understand that you were um, kind of holding out for something else. But if you're still interested, or if you might be interested, why don't you give it a thought? Okay. Mm-hmm. At that point, I said, Mm-mm, it ain't going to get me this time. I'm going <laughs> to take this job. Right, <laughs> right, right. Job, right? <laughs> right. So I signed the contract to teach at Temple. Mm-hmm. The day that I signed the contract to teach at Temple, is the day that I get a call from the film office asking me to do a interview. <laughs> wow. I literally say to them during the interview, I really wish you guys have a con- had contacted me yesterday because I signed the contract to teach today. Wow. And the lady was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, but we're so, we were so busy, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm saying, boy, is this insane? And when I tell you. Girl, you didn't break that contract. (laughs) Oh, Tracy, I had all the thoughts. (laughs) Right, right. I'm going to teach this class Mm -hmm. and I'm going to drive up to New York and work on the set. Right. I'm Hus back and forth, and I was trying to negotiate. I was like, "Look, this is the situation." The lady was like, "Um, yeah, we kind of need somebody here full time, though." So mm-hmm. they thought about it, like let's say over a weekend, and then they decided that it wasn't a fit for them. But I was so in there. But anyway, that's just to say, like, you never know how things is going to show up, right? When you when you practice this floating for lack of a better word because that's literally what it is yeah it's really kind of not tying yourself to the outcome it's Mm -hmm. just believing that what you want will show up that's happened on multiple occasions since Mm -hmm. I've been out of that you know since I made the pivot yeah since I made the pivot I'm going to say that again. Since I made the pivot, the things that I desired, whether I realized I really wanted them or not, have shown up. Mm. And so I think more than anything, like, 
I'm not afraid, afraid anymore. Mm, I love that. Like there's fear and then there's fear, fear. Right, right. I'm not in that fear, fear space. The debilitating um, kind of fear. Absolutely. That you can't it's move. more so, right. It's more so now I trust, I'm asking, I'm believing, and I'm going to have faith, but my faith isn't going to be stagnant faith. It's going to be faith with movement. Exactly. Right? And I think the perfect example of that is at the end of 2019, I've had this goal to finish a short film script for years, right? I've been working on it every year, every year. At the end of the year, I'm trying to finish this script, never finished it. But at the end of 2019, with the accountability of a few friends, um, we all kind of had like a little bit of an accountability group. And our goal was to finish our script by the end of the year. And so I was able to accomplish that. Hmm. Finishing that script in 2019 allowed me to get a grant for my short film in 2020. Yes. But that's just to say, like, when you are aligned, when you are focused on your path and not focused on anything else, anyone else, when your blinders are on and you are running towards your mark, Mm -hmm. The things that you need, the things that you need, especially in a time where you have taken a risk for yourself, they show up. I, I, I believe that. I've seen it. You can't convince me otherwise. Uh, I'm a witness, so I'm not going to convince you because I'm a witness. <laughs> I, know, like, I know for sure that that is the case. I, don't, I, I can't think of multiple times um, in even my own leap um, where... I thought I was down and out. I thought I was going to, you know, and something showed up and, and, you know, I feel like God is just like, like just does the most, right? Like I'm not, I'm not just going to give you this, but I'm going to be lavish with it. And I'm like, where did this come from? And so I, I, I agree with you. Um, as we wrap up, I have one final question for you. Um, and I love for you and just like a few words to tell the audience who is Stephanie? Oh, who are you? Gosh. I don't think this question was on the list. <laughs> yes, it was because um, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put that down on my notes. <laughs> I was not prepared. Um, Stephanie. Stephanie is intuitive. Stephanie is um, sure. Stephanie has a sense of knowing. Stephanie is creative. Um, Stephanie is open. Mm. Stephanie loves to say yes. Stephanie is aligned. Mm. Stephanie is really aligned. And Stephanie is becoming aware that she's aligned. And I think just as an aside, like when that happens, 
when you have that awareness, you are, I, I have a word that I want to say, but I don't know if this is G-rated podcast. It's not. Go ahead, girl. You can't fuck with me. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. I feel like if, when we are aligned and when we are aware, aware of our power, mm-hmm. I'm growing into that. Mm. And I'm listening to myself say that now because I need need to hear myself say that now. I'm growing into that awareness that all that I have, all that I am, is all that I need to to grow and to be the woman that um, that I envision for myself. But I also believe that God created me to be. I love it. That's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Coming to Heart Talk with Tracy Michelle and and sharing your heart. Um, You know, I love you. (laughs) you And and, um, I just appreciate you so much um, for dropping some gems, like seriously. (laughs) Um, And my hope is that everyone who's listening will take those gems and, you know, hide them also in their hearts for whatever they need to do going forward. So thank you for Thank you for talking with me. You're welcome. Thank you, Tracy. Can, can I just say one thing before we end? Sure, sure. Um, I'm grateful for you. And, you know, I'm not the, the kind of person that, like, pumps people up or anything. But I see what you're doing um, just overall with your business. And I'm grateful for you for even, like, including me in this conversation. Um, and just just elevating the voices of women who are not necessarily um, in the mainstream, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. And I think anybody that chooses to do that as opposed to chasing after the big name or the big face or the, you know, the, the big whatever, um, is doing the Lord's work because we don't need to just hear from um, the people that have quote unquote made it. We need to hear from people that are on the journey. We need to pe- hear from people that are um, choosing different paths. That is so important. Yeah. Especially for people that are, are on the verge of pivoting to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wish that we had more time in a way um, because I think, is also important to give details. I think it's also important that people know that pivoting is not going to be like anybody else's experience. Mm -hmm. What I learned from you and your conversations is very unique to those people. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I had to learn from myself. What I imagine pivoting looking like was not what I have experienced. Wow. But it's okay mm-hmm. because all of the things that I'm experiencing or have, have had to learn is to help me grow and be better at whatever, whatever it is that I'm moving towards or be it's prepared for, for whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's super important to know. Like we do this all the time. We hear from people. We kind of follow their stories um we even try to like model ourselves after what people are doing but really 
I think it's more important for you to be aware of what's right for you, you know? And so, yeah, but I love you, Tracy, for, um, (laughs) for just creating this platform and for, you know, making, making this possible for us to hear, um, hear these conversations from, from women of color, especially. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Heart Talk is written and produced by my mommy, Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggins. For Heart Space and new season books and media, go to hearttalkpodcast.com to learn more. See you next time.